yeah, I spit these boogers and snots on my own hands to get this homeless motherfucker in trouble. From the smallest room in New York City. Give me a break, cops. <laughs> Take this guy away. Comes a show that gives you a reason to live. A queen's dad allegedly ruined multiple sleepovers by drugging and raping his daughter's friends. He's on the lam, which is much better than being on his daughter's friends. Elsewhere in the big queue, a 28-year-old man pulls a May-December sexual assault and murder on his mom the day before Mother's Day. Don't you hate when people get you a gift, but it's obviously more about what you want? Also, in a weird twist, a protester is charged for plowing through cops who had stopped her vehicle. But first, from the New York Post, a reputed young gunna of the respected and feared YG gang has finally managed to be charged with murdering and manslaughtering someone, and by someone, I mean someone, anyone. And someone who is someone, 27-year veteran of NYPD, now retired and host of The Crack House with Mike and Muskie, Michael O'Sullivan. Hey, hey, how's it going, Michael? Great, Pat. How are you Did doing? I have that right? 27 years, right? Yeah, 27 on the nose, pretty much. Yeah. And uh, now you uh, have the Crack House podcast. I was listening to it earlier. Very good. Thank you. Thank and Muskie is a, is a mystery. Muskie? Muskie? Muskie. Chris Muskie Muscalino. Uh, the young gunna in question here is 16-year-old Alberto Ramirez, charged with firing into a crowd, supposedly with no particular target. Uh, while he was uh, on the Slattery Avenue Boys, Boogie D Turf, and striking and fatally killing 34-year-old Eric Velasquez, or Velasquez, as you wish, leading to the man's death. Uh, this kind of indiscriminate firing, which is highly intelligent and gang-worthy, is uh, known as spinning the block. You ever heard of spinning the block before? I actually just heard it recently when I read another article about guys just spinning the block. Yeah. We used to say square the block as a cop. If you saw something going on, you go around the block, they would say square the block. Yeah. Drive around and make sure everything's okay. Yeah. Make sure nobody looks suspicious or something. Spinning the block, that's a a new one. And uh, it seems basically with these gang guys, it's more about it's uh, quantity over quality. It's it's just find a group of people, let it go, and whatever you get, you get. If you get the guy you wanted to hit, it's a bonus. Well, who needs accuracy when your only enemy is the entire world? Yes. (laughs) Which is how it is. Granted, if you fire indiscriminately into a crowd in New York City, you got at least a fighting chance of hitting someone who needs to die. Yeah. There's going to be someone that doesn't agree with you in that crowd probably somehow, so you got a good chance of of accomplishing your goals. Yeah, and you're on their turf. So, you know, your chances of hitting somebody are 100%, right? Because that's their turf. I guess uh, maybe if you spin the block, the idea is to go and spin the block until all the other rival gang members (laughs) just go, fuck this block. This block's spinning too much. I don't know. Uh, they, uh, the, the Young Gunners uh, gang is the gang that this guy is uh, reputedly involved with. I'm sure he's normally a very responsible guy with guns and handles him like, uh, you know, like the Young Gunner businessman he is. Well, I'm sure he's taking uh, safety safety courses. He has all the proper permits and licenses. Sure. His NRA membership is all uh, in paid good standing. up in good standing. <laughs> and undoubtedly. But uh, this, uh, this teen terror, the bizarre quaff, by the way. Did you see his hair? No. you got to look at it. I I don't understand. Here, it's on the it's it's on the uh, folded inside. You gotta look, uh, open it up there, and you'll see this strange looking guy, weirdest looking guy I've seen since Ron L. Wilson. And Ron L. Wilson, I think, will probably be a subject of our uh, sort of spinoff show that I'm gonna go ahead and announce right now. It's uh, it's 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 historical crimes, uh, New York City style. 
in New York, we, we talk about anything throughout. I mean, I, I'm, and I'll be doing it with Michael O'Sullivan. He, I, I'm pretty excited about that. I'm super excited about it. Pat. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to get my hair done like this Look for at it. the show. It is retarded. He, he's Mickey Mouse. Yeah, he's got these two big puffs. He's sat, he's got, he gets satellite on those things. Hulu, mm-hmm. Netflix, and H- he, HBO Max. He looks so pleased to be there, too. That's what I don't understand. Yeah, and he killed DJ Khaled. <laughs> what? This guy looks like DJ Khaled that he shot. Oh, does Eric he? Velasquez. I read this story. I actually, you know, it's... There's much to discuss it, here. It, it's horrible what happened to the guy, Eric, because from what I read, the guy was like a real family man kind of dude. Well, yeah, they never say, this guy, good riddance, you know? Yeah. I mean, and, and I they, mean and no one they, knows, yeah, and here's the other picture of him holding I, his kid. I certainly hope that I don't get shot in the street and then, like, put up and, like, look, he had a he had a $100 suit on <laughs> at one time. Look at him in his family portrait, because you never feel, like, more lame, I think, than when you're in a family portrait. Well, here's what I've learned through the years. If, God forbid, you get killed in New York City and you're over the age of 30, mm-hmm. uh, let's 30, 30 I'll, I'll give a little extra on 30. Right. If they show your high school graduation picture, uh-huh. you most likely were a complete piece of shit. <laughs> yes. You did. You probably deserve to get shot. That's the last time you achieved anything yeah. of note. Wow. I guess that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. If, if you're 15 years removed from your high school graduation and that's the picture they show when you die... Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were probably up to no good. They like talking about what this person was about to do. Yeah. What, the, what he had planned to do. Everyone, Yeah, everyone's aspiring. Yeah, they were aspiring Going back to school. So, yes. And, and, and uh, spending time with their family, loving their children. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Real family men uh, who, who get shot. Well, uh, this, this teen, uh, like I said, with the bizarre quaff, he has a recent record of bumbling firearms, including... An arrest last October following a shooting inside a Boogie Down B apartment. And in that incident, Ramirez was with two pals when he allegedly dropped a loaded handgun that fired around uh, Mo Larry the Cheese style through a wall and into an adjacent apartment. Uh, this kind of accidental firing into the wall, by the way, it's another highly intelligent, gang-worthy practice. It's known as the good neighbor policy. Whoops. Boing. Th- I mean, that's not likely, is it? <laughs> That that occurred. I mean, I guess it can happen with a Glock or, or like Some, a, Well, it depends on the, the gun, I think. It's, if you I, got I, one I, in the chamber ready I, to go. I think, too, it depends if on... If there's a mouse that catches it and <laughs> fires it. I think it depends on the quality of the gun. From what I've I've heard throughout the years. Really? Usually, like, the shittier the gun, the more likely you might have of that happening. Now, this cannot happen with a revolver. It's goddamn near impossible, right? I've never heard of it's it. It's not real. So, I, I think that... The two pals are like, yeah, he just dropped the gun, you know. Yeah. Most likely, they just what's he just fired at the wall for whatever reason. And in that incident, like I said, uh, this uh, the cops got a warrant and they found and seized three firearms. So that's three guns. And it's, wait a minute, it went through the wall in the into the adjacent apartment. Was no, it in the? It wasn't in the projects, was it? Did it say it was in the project? Uh, uh, I mean, one might assume. I'm just saying no, because <laughs> most project walls are like concrete. Oh, like cinder blocks <laughs> yeah, and shit, cinder right? Cinder block concrete. Yeah, no. So probably it, not. Probably a smaller one step yeah, down yeah, from yeah. the. Yeah, uh, so the affordable housing. Affordable. Uh, that's thank thank you, Bill De Blasio. Uh, Ramirez was charged with second-degree criminal possession of a, of a weapon. Now, what's second-degree criminal possession of a weapon? What does that mean? It's right below first-degree. Yeah, first-degree being the worst. If the gun was defaced or not, 
serial numbers. Oh, okay. Things like that. So first degree would be if it is uh, that that kind of like a gun. Like a deface firearm. Right. Well, we'll get That's to that later. That's a big thing, deface firearms. Yes. We will get to that momentarily. Uh, this this uh, second degree criminal possession of, of a weapon, his case was transferred to family court. And and you do not want that. Oh, my God. They will. He's a they, kid. They're He's a kid. Come on. The knucklehead. He dropped a gun. You little scamp. They get were, out of here. They were playing quick draw. <laughs> yeah. That's, did you know that was that was said in the, uh, the somebody who killed one of the some witness to the Kennedy assassination or some shit like that, and they were down in Louisiana being held. So they were there for something mm-hmm. and got shot. The guy got shot, and the deputy said he was. They were playing a game of quick draw. I said, yeah, that's what cops do. They're so amused with having <laughs> guns. <laughs> Yeah, it was the 60s. Who knows? It was the early 60s. Sure, the riflemen and all that stuff, cowboy shows, gun smoke. How quick are you? I'm not so sure. But uh, uh, so, okay, so they got a warrant and they they charge him with that. And now he goes to family court. Go to family court. There's not even a prosecutor. It's uh, what they call a a corporate counselor. Yes, it's it's a lawyer, though. It's a family court. Basically, it's a family court lawyer. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is a judge. Don't act like it's a good thing. It's it's one of the biggest pains in the asses, though, in the police department, because you sit a lot of times when you uh, go to family court, cops know this, you're there all day. There are sometimes usually when you go to like criminal court, you go in, you might talk to the ADA and it could be like a trial prep day or they'll have you in the grand jury or the trial is going on. Family court, they just try and get everything done at once. And if you get there at nine o'clock in the morning, you probably don't leave there till like four o'clock in the what afternoon. What a nightmare! And it is a nightmare. You just I sit imagine there family and... court needs a laugh track for Christ's sake. I mean, it's just like, what do you say? You just let it go. Most. What do you? What yeah. do you hope for this kid? You want to put this kid in jail? Look, it's up to you. You can be the one who makes the change. Look into his eyes, and you tell me if you see shit like that. Like I remember one woman I know. I had her on the show. Her name uh, doesn't uh, come back to me immediately, but she was in uh, like a Tenth Avenue area or something like that, near the pier or something. I don't know. Got robbed at gunpoint, and uh, they stole her credit cards. They used them immediately. They found them immediately, and uh, the corporate counsel wanted her to sit down and, and have a conversation. With them, I guess, so they could forgive her for her privilege or something, you know? I mean, it's ridiculous. It just sounded like she was not happy with the level of justice that was uh, no, achieved. No, oh, it's, it's all kid gloves, family court. Yeah. It, it's because you can even adults can go to family court. Really? In, okay. Uh, adults can go to family court. Okay. You and your significant other have a fight. Say you smack her in the face. Come on, please. If this you was... smack your wife in the face, mm. you can actually go to family court for that. Your spouse, during the process of, like, drawing up the case in criminal court, they used to have—I don't know if they still do it, but I remember when I was a cop, they were given the option of, you can go through family court with this. He won't have a criminal record. Oh, okay. I get it. And That's when they want to go easy on him all of a sudden. Yeah, it was, okay, he's never done this before. It was, let's get some counseling. Frankly, I was being kind of a cunt. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that's, that, if we had it. Yeah, and it goes both ways. If the, if the male is the aggressor or the female is the aggressor. Sometimes the female is the aggressor. The, uh, the person who is pressing the charges is given an option if they want to go through family court. Criminal court all the way. 
Yeah. Don't don't do this family court shit. I mean, you want them, you want this on a record. And it's such a pain in the ass when you have to go from criminal to family court. You have to go get the person out of jail, what, what bring them over. What do you mean when you say they're trying to do everything at once? I don't understand. Like, like uh, it's a, like, a procedure. Yeah. It's a court, but it's not really a court because there's no criminal things. Like, the judge can go, okay, you uh, smacked your wife in the face. Let's recommend... Uh, 80 hours of counseling, mm -hmm. and your wife is going to have an order of protection against you. You're going to move out of the house or whatever. Yeah. Pretty much whatever the judge says. But no, oh, that's it. Yeah. And next case. Oh, oh, seems like that would be expedient. No, because you can just, there, there might be 40 cases ahead of you or 10 cases ahead of you, and you just wait and wait. Oh, and so wait. you mean they just book everything? Yeah. They, it, yeah. They're it, like, it, first come, first serve. Yeah. I'm imagining a lot of babies yeah. crying, a smell yeah, of feces, there, there is, flies. There, it's, it's like the DMV without having to bring your electric bill to prove where you live. Oof. All right. Enough said. Well, uh, the uh, so so this that 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 happened. Now, two months later, this same guy I'm talking about, Ramirez, the young gunner, you'll remember, the young gunner from the YG gang, with turf up in the Bronx. Two months later, this is after that October case that went to family court. Two months later, cops caught him with a loaded 25 caliber pistol, which was also defaced. Uh, it was defaced. The first gun, I don't think would know if it was defaced, but this one is defaced, and it was loaded. And at his arraignment, the prosecutors wanted $25,000 cash bail or $70,000 bond, which for that type of weapon, I mean, like, I, I, what, what about mandatory minimums? I mean, I, I hear about this shit all the time. Uh, it was set at just $2,000, which is still a lot, right? So at a hearing the very next day, for, for uh, this is for possession of a loaded, untraceable gun, the kind of gun used exclusively in service of the pursuit of some or other criminal enterprise, acting Supreme Court Justice Dennis Boyle freed Ramirez for zero bail. Just let him go. Said, you know what? Fuck it. He had a gun, but uh, he was a good boy. Now, th this is the second gun offense in two months. And, uh, the, and and Dennis Boyle is like, he's like the most liberal judge in the Middle East. You ever heard of him? I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> so two months after this, in February this year, the young gunner walking near near the Slattery Avenue boys' turf. He doesn't do a, uh, he's not spinning the block, but he accidentally shot himself in the foot, which is embarrassing. It's got to be embarrassing. Walking up on a rival turf and you shoot yourself in the foot. It's like insult and injury all happening at once. <laughs> you know, I is mean, he like the Fredo Corleone again? <laughs> I'm sure. Oh, Daddy! Yeah. <laughs> oh, Papa! 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 <laughs> Just ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, how do you, it's shooting yourself in the foot is something. It's 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 that's comical. It's that's, a saying. That's, that's a movie. It's something they say. Like, oh, I, then I shot myself in the foot, which means you fucked up unnecessarily. You know, he's like, ah, fuck, we were gonna. Like, you're going to get laid, you know, and you're yeah. like, by the way, I, I I don't have any STDs anymore, and you shoot yourself in the foot. That's what this guy did. He's, Why do you, so <laughs> but what he told them, he told cops that three guys walked up on him, asked him where he was from, and then just started blasting and shot him in the foot. And then, unfortunately, they had, you know, unfortunately for him. <laughs> There's a video the, camera, the video camera on every just... corner of the all five boroughs and yeah. this entire country. He's crossing 184th Street and just <laughs> shot himself in the foot. So, uh, and, and in that case, guess what? I guess he figured, like, well, he's embarrassed, the poor guy. Why are we <laughs> He's this suffered guy? enough, he's, hasn't he? God, this guy, the guy's got to be done playing around with guns now. May 16th, slaying of Eric Velasquez. Sitting here with his, I must say, very attractive wife. 
uh, looks very uh, appropriate to him. And this guy looks, I, I swear to Christ, like Ron L. Wilson. And the guy who stands out is right there, Dennis Boyle, that fucking fat-faced <laughs> Alec Baldwin-looking judge. Uh, he looks like a cross between Alec Baldwin and the Shoney's big boy. Just a, He's got a face like a boiled potato. Yeah, <laughs> about as Irish as you can yeah. get. He's an uh, what, what do you call it? lace curtain Irish uh, lace curtain. Yeah, definitely. A, what a dickhead! He's acting supreme. Why, why do they call them Supreme Court justices here? Which is not really true. I don't know why they call them well, that. Bronx They're, Supreme Court. Every criminal court, court is also no. But when it goes to trial, it's in Supreme that county's Supreme Court. They call it Bronx Supreme Court. Yeah, no, I just Queen wonder, Supreme Court. I don't know. No why. other city does that. I don't think. I don't, I don't, well, this is the greatest city in the world, Pat. So it's all Supreme <laughs> Court. It just it just makes you sound like an idiot if if, they, if people don't know. I always have to bring it up. You know, now he's charged, and now they set the bail a little bit higher. Let me just see what the bail is uh, right now. I think it's uh, oh yeah, seven hundred dollars. Well, he was locked up on seventy five thousand dollars bail. Oh, lowered the amount to ten thousand dollars cash. Okay, so this is how he got out in order to do the in order to do the shooting. When he when he got out the other time, it was it started out at seventy five. Uh, Dennis Boyle lowered it to 10000 cash or $25,000 bond over the prosecution's objections. But they did it anyway. They, and so a few weeks later, he was out. A few weeks. You either you either got ten grand or you don't, you know? And they, they like... <laughs> to quote Adam Sandler, O'Boyle rules. <laughs> what? <laughs> he used to say that in his movies, O'Doyle rules. Oh. Oil rules. Oh, okay. Whatever. Adam Sandler movies I heard are really, that's a scam. It's all... Product placement and advertising. Have you ever heard that? Because they'll have a big opening. They'll be big. A lot of people see yeah. it. And it's just like Delta Airlines or some shit. I heard a comedian talk about his movies in the sense of like, it's the special needs guy that gets the girl in every movie. Oh, yeah. He plays like a gobbledygookie. Six billion dollars later. What do you do? Yeah, and, and the only thing worse than an Adam Sandler movie is a Rob Schneider movie, a Deuce Bigelow. I've always said this about the guy to all my friends. I think he's one of the most loyal dudes around Yeah, because he keeps the same crew in every movie, all his friends. Mm -hmm. Now, whether you like now whether you like the movies or hate the movies... Well, Scorsese does that, too, and Quentin Tarantino, to a lesser degree. And, and yeah, what's Coen kind of, brothers have kind of a rotation. Yeah. Uh, that Where's they, my wife? Get in this movie. Uh, yeah. Uh, what's her name? Uh, <laughs> Frances McDormand. Oh, great actress, though. That's the thing. They're all talented. Yeah. I'm not saying anybody is bad in Adam Sandler's crew, for Christ's sake. I mean, he's a big fan of the show. Yeah. I'm not going to be talking like that. Is By he? the way... Oh, yeah. Hi, if, Adam. If you are, uh, hey, what's up, man? Hey, if, if you are a, a fan of the show, you probably are like, hey, where the fuck is the show? And uh, here's what happened. And, and I probably explained this on the other ones that we fucking didn't release because we, we recorded three podcasts with with inferior equipment equipment that just didn't sound good. So I'm not going to release those. Uh, and so uh, we didn't. And, and the thing is, I left my recorder in Austin, Texas, at the Comedians of Compound show. Finally got it back. It's one piece of $400, you know, but like I'm just, I, I keep thinking it'll be back today. It'll be today. And in the meantime, I bought this other thing that kind of sucked. So I wish it was a more interesting explanation. Oh, yeah. Plus, my ex-wife moved back in, <laughs> which didn't necessarily hurt, but didn't help. Now, before we get to this crazy-ass story about this... Uh, Sleepover dad rape, which is uh, hmm, it's pretty hot. Yeah. 
Uh, that's a, that's an adults only. Uh, I'm going to lead in with this unhinged strap hanger wild video filmed by a terrified subway conductor shows an unhinged strap hanger attempting to get into his locked token booth Watching Chinese Chong in Queens early on a Monday morning after allegedly chasing the worker in there while spitting on him and threatening to cut him. Uh, this guy, uh, you know, he's, I'm going to punch you, and then he uses a word, I, some expletive. It's probably the ultimate expletive, but it ends with A. He has a cigarette dang, dangling from his mouth, which is smoking down in the fucking subway. I found out the other day, I, I, would just have, I threw my cigarette out as I was walking, in, in, and my friend Garrett, uh, who I do a show with at Compound called TBD, he's like, what are, you, uh, what are you worried about? Why don't you just smoke it, just keep walk right into the fucking, because everybody's smoking weed down there and shit. And I was like, I don't know, it never occurred to me to smoke down here. I mean, I'm, I, I feel like I'd get a ticket or something. He's like, nah. When I was a kid, I used to. Just smoke. When I smoked when I was like, you know, 17 or 18, taking like the train into the city. If I was underground waiting for the train to go back to Queens. Nobody's around? or if no one's around, you would just... Yeah. I, I think I actually smoked on the train a couple of times. If there was, like, no one in the car. 90s, huh? Yeah. 80s? This is, yeah, this is the... Yeah, this is, like, early 90s. Yeah. Late 80s, early Did you ever 90s. ride the cars, like, on the outside? No. I yeah. never was that crazy or stupid. You know who used to do that? Donald J. Trump. <laughs> no, he didn't. No, he didn't. I'll I'll say it right now. He did not. I believe he did. Well, he grew up in. Qu- there were there aren't even trains over there where he grew up. <laughs> he took the subway. I'm sure he took the subway. I'm sure he sometimes. took the subway, but I'm sure he rode. There's not to- even a subway stop over there in Jamaica because I've been by where his house is. It's very residential. He grew up in Jamaica. There's a, the E train goes out to Jamaica. It, it, Different what, part of Jamaica. Well, there's Jamaica. I think he was like Jamaica Estates, which is very oh. very. Jamaica uh, States. Lace where all curtain. The, okay. Lace curtain, as we, you were just saying. Where all the moolah yeah. is. Well, this guy. Big bucks. And so we passed a couple of guys, uh, gentlemen of color, who were uh, trying to uh, vandalize or otherwise rig the uh, turnstile. I don't know, to for just everlasting you know, people. I, I don't know what they were doing. <laughs> they might have been rolling a joint. I didn't want to look too close. You don't want to look too close. And 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 he, somehow the guy noticed I had a stub of a cigarette in my hand. He's like, "What are you doing, man? Light that cigarette!" The, the conversation we had just <laughs> had, I couldn't believe it. The guy was very intuitive. Uh, now, uh, but he was very friendly. You know, like, hey, please smoke it if you got it. Uh, this this guy is pretty scary. I'm gonna punch you, he says, and uh, a cigarette dangling from his mouth. He makes punching motions with his fist in the conductor's direction, uh, and and you see this like from it's like it's like a reverse zoo situation, you know, because you are trapped inside the glass case. Eventually, you gotta leave, but I mean, there's no way the guy's getting in. Yeah, those token boots. If you ever watch when like someone leaves. Watch how thick the door is. The door to the token booth is in the rear. If you ever see where they're switching up, where like one's coming in, one's going home, or whatever, mm-hmm. just look. At, it, it, it's like uh, Fort Knox. Like get smart. Yeah, yeah. It's like one of those get smart. Doors. It's like a, it, it's like a one foot thick door. Well, because there's so much money. There used to be so much money in there. I uh, mean, especially when they had the tokens. But were the tokens like? Could people steal a whole bunch of them and well, resell them? Uh, here's what like homeless guys used to do, and it was disgusting. They would suck the token. You know where you put, you know, where you go through now where you swipe your card? There used to be that little slot where you would drop your token, and then the thing would let you through, whatever you call that. In the late 80s, you know, we'll go back to the late 80s and 90s again. Homeless people would suck the tokens. Some guy figured it out. You could do it through that little slot where you drop the token. They'd put their mouth on it and... Suck a token up into their mouth? Suck a token up into their mouth. And then now... Say at the time the token was a dollar. Mm-hmm. I have a token for seventy-five cents. 
And they would sell you a token for 75 cents. That has just been in his homeless mouth. Yes. Oof. Same thing if you smoke crack. A lot of times they keep cracking them. So you're smoking homeless uh, crack dealers spit. They keep cracking their keep mouth? Keep cracking their mouth and cracking their ass. Why would they keep cracking their mouth? I Why? Because if a cop's going to search you Can't and you don't see mouth? anything in their pockets, you might just okay. let them go. They get searched for crack a lot of the homeless people in those days. Well, you know, some of the yeah, guys down by like Washington Square Park and stuff. All those guys sell crack when I was in narcotics. There was a lot of. Oh my god! Oh, a lot but of... that's like a drug dealer thing of keeping it either in your mouth or in your ass. I mean, it only works if you have a small amount. Obviously, I mean, you can't have two. I mean, like you can't put a kilo of coke into your fucking mouth, right? Or your ass, hopefully. Uh, well, I don't know about your ass. These but... people, you know, uh, uh, you ever see, you've seen Papillon, right? So you know where they kept yeah. their valuables, you know? Like yeah. They had something called a plan, or a plan. I don't know how it's pronounced, but uh, it's a French word, I guess. And it's this little tiny, it's about maybe some, uh, like a large pill, I guess. And uh, you screw it tight, and it's hollow on the inside. You can unscrew it. It's a little container. You put your money, you fold it, crease it real nice, and stick it in there. And then that's uh, that's how you keep your money. You, you lodge it up into your large intestine, and it just sits there. And then when you got to buy something, you got to go to the bathroom. People, it's you uh, make a withdrawal after your deposit. <laughs> it's a penalty for early withdrawal. Yep. Okay. So he says, "I'm gonna knock you out." Watch. Okay. So this guy, you know, and and uh, listen here. Here's what it sounds like. What did this guy have against this conductor, I wonder? He ran into the token booth from the train. The guy followed him. Maybe they did. Was... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's the subway. It's 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 like a um it's an insane asylum with public transportation now. The, you know, you go to any train station almost there is now, and there's just homeless maniacs just running around now more and more and more. It's, yeah. it's But, I mean, like, I, I, I never attract the attention of any, uh, you know, maybe it's just the uniform or something. Guy symbolizes authority or something. Here's well, how it began. I mean, there could have been a history there. Maybe he got the cops to kick him out of the train station one time. Or maybe he told him to leave. Uh, maybe the guy's not even crazy, then. This happened to uh, conductor 40-year-old uh, Kevin Rivera. He told the, the Post the man started harassing him around 1.21 a.m. on a Manhattan-bound 7, he'd, uh, right after he pulled out of a Flushing Main Street station. Now, he was in uniform, Rivera was, after a hard day's work on the rails. <laughs> he, he's been working on the railroad all the live-long day. <laughs> and he was going to ride one stop to get his car from a nearby uh, depot. But the man then began ranting and cursing at him and the MTA. So he's against the MTA in general. He's anti-MTA. Uh, when the conductor told the man that he was just trying to get home, hey, man, I'm just trying to get home. The man threatened to cut you up. Now, the, the indignity that this guy is, is expressing here, he's, uh, this, is a, this is a quote from Rivera, the, uh, the 40-year-old harassed subway conductor. He was telling me I'm booty. <laughs> I'm booty. I don't know what that means. Your booty. Bad? Your booty. Do you like your booty like a fucking piece of ass? No, I think it's like... Like booty like a clown? What am I? I'm booty to you? <laughs> What's so fucking booty? I don't know what the hell that shit means. He says, I'm like, I just finished a shift. I'm tired, man. I'm going home. So he says he doesn't know what that means either. I'm going home. Uh, he came close enough so he could spit at me. This was disgusting. It was like a snot or boogers or something. <laughs> it was a snot.
Or boogers or he something. He was just cranking snot rockets. How can you? This yeah. sentence here, man, what a great sentence. It was like a snot or boogers or something. I love that that made it into, that should have been in the headline. If it was in the Daily Mail, it would be what, in the recount up there. Was it like wet snot? Was it dry? Was it? I'm going to say not wet, too wet, because it was a snot or boogers. It's or some, something. Or something. God knows what the something. The MTA worker says he exited the train at the next stop, which is Metz Willits Point Station. That's where he went for his car with the rider still on his tail. So he followed him out. At one point, he claims the man took what appeared to be a box cutter out of his pocket and charged at him. I ran for my life. I was petrified. Plus, he's covered with boogers or snot or something. I was scared. I didn't feel safe at all. There were no cops there, of course not. I mean, they're just hanging around at Metz Willett Station. There was nothing over there, he said, adding that the man also hurled homophobic slurs at him. He's, see, this guy knows how the victim game is played. He said something homophobic. I got to the booth, and I still had saliva dripping from my hands. That's how fucking panicked he was. He was drooling onto his own hands. He was so scared. Boogers and snots and something. Cops arrived 20 minutes later, and uh, they didn't. They did not take any action against the man because you know they got to see spit attacks. It says in order to press. Yeah, charges. there are certain things that have to be done in front of you. As I mean, a cop. Yeah, I spit these boogers and snots on my own hands to get this homeless motherfucker in trouble. Give me a break, cops. <laughs> Take this guy away. Do I, mean, I look crazy enough to blow my nose into my hand? And This man called me booty. <laughs> After this whole situation at 2.15 when the trains <laughs> were closed, which they were closing at this time, they let him back out onto the streets. It is as terrifying as it gets, he says. And if the station agent wasn't there, who else could help me? There's nobody there. So union leaders, they've been pushing, and they want more cops in the transit system. Mayor de Blasio, he, responds, he says, real New Yorkers know the subways are safe. Okay. How, does, how do you figure that? Uh, they're they not know safe. that a snot and boogers are not going to hurt you. I don't think he knows what he's... De Blasio doesn't know what he's doing. He's been on the subway twice. Yeah. Two times. Eight years he's been on the subway two times. He's... One time was when crime started, yeah. like, it's a fraction of what's going on now. And he actually, they cleared out all the homeless people, as you recall, from the stations. They got rid of everybody homeless so that he could come down and have a nice, I mean, they ran him out of, like, Fourth Street Station, for Christ's sake. So that he could have a nice, homeless, free, don't have to deal with this yeah. shit ride. Yeah, they used to have, uh, I know in, like, all major cities, whenever there's going to be, like, some big event, if there are homeless people around, and New York City's not excluded from this, it's... Get rid of them so we can have a nice day. I mean, what was it? The Academy Awards had just passed. The LAPD had to go in and, and, and clear out all, like, the tent cities and the homeless people that were over there. Why not do that just as a matter of policy? You know what I mean? <laughs> Why not just have it be, that's well, the way we I roll, mean, is sweep up the garbage. Because this is human refuse, and it doesn't make it, it's, oh, it's, 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 it's even it's, worse because it yeah. creates more refuse. Yeah. It's self-creating refuse, self-replicating. Like, uh, I don't know if you remember Zuccotti Park. When they had that a few years back, back in uh, yeah, Occupy Wall Street, yeah, Occupy Wall Street. Imagine garbage that garbage people. I remember going down there and seeing it, and you look at these other cities, and it's got to be like a hundredfold. And that Zuccotti Park was just not, not even a square block, really. It was a smaller, and it was disgusting. Yeah, and then they when they when they clean it up, they're like, you can come back in if you want. Yeah. You can't bring any tents and yeah. sleeping bags and shit, but you can come back in. Everybody was like. Nah. Nah. Middle of the night. 
Bloomberg just swooped in. He knew how to clear out a fucking park. I'll say that for him. Well, that happened during the Bloomberg era. Yeah. Right at the tail end. And you know something about that, too? He let it go for a lot longer than I would have thought he would. But Bloomberg, and somebody pointed this out. I don't know if this is true or not. But that's when the whole narrative switched from haves and have-nots and the 1% to race. A- Everything from, a- after from, that mom- from that moment on. From around that time, they were like, we need to switch this up. Because, you know, I guess there was some validity to what some of them were yeah. saying. You know, it's definitely rich getting richer and all yeah. that kind of shit. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, I Stock market shit, it's beyond me. I don't know what goes on. I mean, I, yeah. I know that it's not fair. I mean, just from the GameStop shit. I've, it's legalized. Like people say it is. It's legalized. It's controlled gambling. But it's also stealing, too. You yeah, know, because people they know get, I, I mean. You know who does really well on, on the market? Congressmen. Was it that IPO, right? There's some law where they're allowed those, I, I don't know, stocks either. Yeah. But I know that IPO is like the price you get when that stock first comes out. Say it's like three bucks. And then within a day, it's like 300 bucks. And they get the $3 price? They get the $3 price, I believe. Jesus. He's like, uh, well, think about this. Nancy Pelosi. Dumbest bitch in California. She makes 200 grand a year as a, I'm sorry, the speaker. How does she, how is she worth $80 million? That, you know, <laughs> cheating and stuff, stealing, corruption. You know? So, well, look at, the, yeah, I mean, Annie Maxine, same deal. Yeah. Look at all. Fucking Barack Obama, for Christ's sake. He's, he's got a lot of money now. You know who else has a lot of money? What, what, what do they always say after uh, the Clintons left office? We left office broke. We didn't have yeah. a goddamn pot to piss in. And they were stealing the silverware and shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, rolling up the rugs. They're like, don't take that. And then, wow, now they are uh, truly multi-billionaires, obviously, if not, dare I say it, jillionaires. And they, uh, you know, get it from, well, it's corrupt bullshit, you know, yeah. because she had a government post. So now she's married uh, to uh, Bill. Bill gets to go do whatever, make these half a million dollar speeches. Now, Bill Clinton's a charismatic guy. If I had half a million dollars, I might just spend it on having him come and give a talk. He is charismatic, man. You met I, him. I've told you I met him. and That's incredible. And so everybody has sings the same song. He's just like, you're the only person in the room. Yep. And uh, <laughs> he fucking locks eyes with you, and you're like, all right, I get it. I get it. I fucking get it, man. I'll- if I was wearing a blue dress, I would let him jizz on <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, so what about a greater police presence in the fucking... Uh, how come, how come the, this is so undoable? Listen, you can't be everywhere at once. It's... Okay, a homeless guy commits an assault at 14th Street. And now he just jumps on the train and goes up to 79th Street and does the same thing. I mean, fuck. I mean, hell, I guess it's it's impossible to catch anybody if they're on the train. Yeah, you can't, you know. (laughs) I get it. I mean, they they, they just upped it by like 250 cops. They're putting auxiliary cops in there, which I think is a bad idea. Oh, my God. Just because those poor bastards don't have guns, they have a radio, that's it. I swear to God, man, there's got to be a comedy in me becoming an auxiliary cop. (laughs) And walking a beat, you know that would be that's that's I'm putting that on the maybe on the maybe pile. Uh, okay, so this imagine if the a day in the life the uh, the uh, the union is is you know they obviously have feelings about this. I'm gonna now yeah, imagine transit, if, uh... if, if Pat Lynch was the uh, the 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 union. This conductor <laughs> is a real New Yorker, Mr. Mayor. <laughs> Era, we are. Yeah. The guy's from Bayside, Queens, and he talks like he's Mayor Quimby. 
He he does, doesn't he? Yeah. I don't know. We, uh, we, no one knows how the Boston accent came about. You know who the greatest is? I mean, it's uh, it's it's Ed, Ed Mullins. You know? Ed Mullins. Ed Mullins, my old union. Yeah, rep. as a sergeant. Yeah, uh, Sergeant's Benevolence Association. Yes. I I get the feeling that he is the one that the cops truly look to for guidance, help. Uh, you know, just superior concern and having his head screwed on right. Ed Mullins all the way. I I am a huge Ed Mullins supporter. I'm a, I'm a huge Pat Lynch supporter too. I, I, I both supporter of Pat, Pat Lynch. Lynch. <laughs> I left uh, my house in Hyannisport. Come down and. Check on the conditions. Uh, she was uh, uh, breathing when uh, the car went uh, off the bridge. Doesn't Patlins uh, just chew into steaks and stuff like that, though? I mean, is, is, isn't he like living the high life? Well, they all, I mean, they're unions. Well, they're associations. We mm. always used to say that. They, I don't think they can really call them unions, really. They ain't. They have to call it because we cannot. Cops, uh, I'm not a cop anymore. But not allowed to uh, strike. There's, it's the Taylor law. You're not allowed to strike. And if you do strike, I think for every day you strike, you lose two days' salary. The last time I think cops went on strike was the early 70s or late 60s. And I think it lasted about two days or three days or something like that. That was a strike, huh? The yeah. Cops, how yeah. long ago? This was in the 60s, I believe. Jeez. Late 60s or early 70s. Before there yeah. was crime. Yeah. I mean, it was well, starting I, to yeah. uh, heat up with... Now, what was it? Because it's pretty fucking stable. New York City was... There, there wasn't a great deal of crime. What do you mean? What what caused a, a crime spree? A wave of immigration, I think. With the civil rights era, I think a lot... With the 60s? Of, a lot of um, people moved from the South to the North in the 60s. There was that migration of that uh, that really... Up to Harlem, uh, these are people parts who were, of the Bronx, people who were parts dissatisfied with their lives, so they weren't doing well. They were, and now po. it's the other way around, where everyone goes down to Florida to start over. And, I want to move down to Florida. Man. Which I was just talking to a friend last night at a retirement dinner, and he was looking to move to Florida, and because of everything that's going on right now, a two hundred thousand dollar house. A year ago in Florida is now going for five to six hundred thousand dollars. Gosh, yeah, an arm and a leg every... to dance one legged off in the rain. <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. But I mean, I think there was a whole bunch of things. You had uh, heroin got really big in the late sixties. Uh, uh, it, it just became like almost law, like the, the cops were almost like outgunned, right? And outmanned. Back yeah, then. You and, had a and smaller force. You had, what was like it? I said, you had you had the mafia. You had, I mean, just street narcotics, prostitutes. So it, it, it's the days like before every... Rico, the days before, yes. um, what do you call it, Comstat? Yeah. Well before Comstat. And uh, uh, Com- Comstat is charts of the future, right? That's where how you know where the crimes are committed? No, it's not. Um, uh, you know, like the push pins and stuff like that. What yeah, they... it's it's all computerized things. Well, I mean, of, okay. obviously now, it, yeah. It, but it, the it, guy who invented it called it charts of the future. Did you yeah, know that? Jack Maple. Jack Maple. Thank the you. Late, Sorry, great Jack Maple. Yeah, it recently died a couple of years ago. No, a little bit more. Maybe a decade. A decade, R- yeah. Roughly. Gosh, time does fly, doesn't it? His son is a cop somewhere. Son's I wonder if he's like, you know. Some people hate him, some people love revered. him. Revered. Who, Jack Maple or the yeah, son? Jack Maple. People are all pretty unanimous. They well, all hate the son. I've never met. I've never met the son. Know. I'm sure he's a great guy. But uh, his dad was brilliant, though. Yeah, but brilliant in the sense of he he put a lot of pressure on getting results, which was the problem. Where 
you turned crime-fighting techniques into, like, a quota system. Like, for example, stop question and frisk. Oh. Things like that. How does that equate to a quota? If you're just saying put more cops in this area. Dixon, go out there. I want five stop question and frisk reports this month. You better go get it. But how does that equate to um, cops now, the charts of the future? (laughs) I'm sorry to keep calling it that. Chef of the future? But saying, like, like, okay, we have four robberies in this area He was one of those guys that started to figure out patterns and things like, I'm not taking that away. And so it emerged from that. When it first started, it, it was a great tool. And then Bratton took over. Yeah, and then it became a beast Mm. that everything just became numbers driven. Yeah, and that's what the uh, and quotas are. What you see now is they're almost going in the opposite direction of that. Yeah, or they they don't really push it as much as they used to. Guys are still getting beat up at Comstat for numbers. Like if you catch a robbery or homicide, and you're still your feet are still held to the fire if you're a commanding officer sure or if you're you know de- uh detective squad commander you know uh the the gang unit the narcotics unit they're getting they're getting called to that podium and it's what are you doing what are you doing about we've these crimes we've seen now you handcuffed an entire department and you still expect the same results you're not going to get it unfortunately yeah it's time for you to, hey you get a fucking cut us some slack here you know you i mean know. like uh, the top brass needs to understand like well you're the political class here you've uh, yeah. sort of coordinated with this to some degree i'm sure you know and who's the highest uniform cop right now uh that would be i believe chief harrison Chief ronnie harrison ronnie harrison is yeah. the chief of the department so right he now. really should be Potentially next in line, right, for um, to to become the, the uh, big bump. the commissioner. Well, it all depends too, Pat, with the next administration as far as who, who whoever the mayor is that comes in. You know, obviously most likely Eric Adams. I think. Well, I think so too. We could go into a whole show about him. Yeah, yeah. He's he's there's but pros you, and cons with all of them. Usually, when a new mayor comes into office, all the chiefs have to basically write a resignation letter. And usually the mayor will say, oh, tear it up and be, okay, no, you stay, you're staying where you are. But the upper echelon people usually, like the chief of the department, detective bureau usually, uh, the chief of patrol, the police commissioner and the first dep, they usually clean house. Yeah. Like, like, they like, want like, like we said, yeah, they want, their way, yeah. they want their crew in there. And that's, that. obviously that's... Uh, Anyone would do that. Reasonable. Any, okay. any, yeah, anyone's going to bring in their own people that they think can do the best job. No, I can't. And, and the rumor going, oh, I'll let people in. The, the, there's a big rumor floating around now, and Eric Adams even talked about it. If he does become police commissioner, Rodney Harrison's name hasn't even come up. It's uh, actually the chief of patrol's name has come up, Chief Juanita Holmes. Oh, really? Her name has come up. And well, she, she's like a 30-year veteran. She's, you know, she's another one. She's gone through the ranks. She was the chief of, I believe, Queens North. She retired. They brought her back, and now she's the uh, the chief of patrol. Rodney Harrison is a man of color, and uh, right, that's correct, right? Rodney Harrison, man of color, correct. And he is. Uh, that's why I think he did not get the job uh, under De Blasio, because De Blasio wanted to be the blackest guy in in uh, <laughs> in the uh, pecking order. There, you know what I mean? Like he can't have a black. Uh, commissioner of police, uh, police commissioner of NYPD, because he has to blame somebody, and he can't be blaming a black guy. Oh no, you're right. I, you know, I mean, there's a weird yeah. kind of racial politics yeah. that goes on with people like De Blasio. I, you know, Dermot Shea's a nice white punching bag. Yeah, you know, 
Dharmache. Uh, there, there was a lot of sexual assaults. <laughs> Working on my Dharmache. I yeah. like him. I like Dharmache is a very likable guy. You he's can tell very, that he's, he's another very numbers driven guy. Very, very smart guy. His brother was a very smart guy. He was on the job for a long time. Dharma's been on the job for a long time. He's a Queens kid. Yeah. He, he's, he's a he's genuine. He's a he's a Woodside, Sunnyside guy. You know, yeah. I, you know, I'm from Astoria. He's so. a real New Yorker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know who's another real New Yorker? I got to do his show, Heshi Tischler. And uh, he's uh, he's known around as Yeshiva, uh, as uh, Uncle Heshi, since his Yeshiva days, rather. He's, he's not a kid anymore, but uh, since his, since he was a kid, Uncle Heshi, that's weird, uh, or just the big H. Now, he's running for uh, city council, and uh, his show is every Wednesday night, Nine o'clock, oh, excuse me, nine o'clock every Wednesday night, 6.20 a.m. for news and talk about community issues. That's the show that I did. So 6.30 a.m., got to do his radio show, Heshi. It's, and and it's, uh, the show is called Just Enough Heshi Show. So that's uh, and 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 the, this, he's a community activist. He's, he's got he's I'm telling you, the guy is like, uh, you know, he does things for people. He had 21 children pass through their house, him and the wife. Uh, so some of uh, it says uh, I'm reading his website here, including society's saddest forms, like formerly incarcerated individuals need a place to crash. He was going to let me stay there. <laughs> it didn't it? Didn't end up happening because of a change in my situation. Uh, so he was trying to help me find a. It looked like I was going to need a place to stay. My life's been a bit of a chaos lately. So, uh, it, and and you know what? It couldn't have had a better friend than Heshi Tischler. Vote for him. I, I th- he will get things done. I mean, like he's he's somebody who's on the side of the people of his district. That is for sure. Uh, now, uh, if if you're hearing me talk about this right now, you know your district. If yeah. if it's Hashi Tischler running, I don't have to like give you the name of it or the number of it because I don't. I, frankly, I don't see it right here anyway. But uh, his agenda is, uh, you know, get back to normal. People make money. Leave the cops alone. He agrees with most everything that I uh, that I say. Therefore. Good guy, Heshi Tischler. Uh, I, and I think that right now, I'm not being paid to say this. Um, I want to get to, uh, how much longer do we have here? Ah, well, you know, geez, we're kind of topping out on time here, for crying out loud. It's, uh, we're uh, talking about the police are hunting for a man who allegedly drugged and raped his 13-year-old daughter's friends during sleepovers. And the question we all have is, what were they wearing? We don't know. They don't ever tell us that. Dwayne Gordon is accused of sexually attacking three girls during sleepovers held at his... What did they think they were getting if they go to an adult's place for a sleepover? Springfield Gardens home in New York between October 2020 and May 2021. So this is a, that's a span of time that is also suspect to me. Like, uh, did he break up with one for the other one? The other one got pissed or something? I mean... How old were these girls? Well, the, the, the daughter's the daughter is thirteen. It uh, doesn't say how old the friends are. They may be twenty-one. No, no. <laughs> this guy's a just a sack of human garbage. Yeah, I mean, drugging little girls, having you know. One, only one said that he uh, that he drugged. Police said the girls accused Gordon. Well, it says of drugging them with white pills. So this this story gives it in plural, which caused them to become incapacitated during the attacks. I wonder what those white pills were. I um, is those roofies? Yeah, roofies. The GH GHB, I think, is a liquid though. Ketamine. That's also Ketamine. a liquid, I think. Um, I don't know. Maybe some sort of. 
uh, like a Tran- opioid. Yeah, a tranquilizer maybe. Mm-hmm. Issuing uh, this urgent appeal, and the authorities tweeted, wanted for rape. Have you seen Dwayne Gordon? He's wanted in connection with, uh, in connection to a rape in uh, the Springfield section in Queens between October 20th. <laughs> That's a long rape. Uh, the person raped three 13-year-old girls on separate occasions. Would You know, okay, that's the way to do it. You're not going to have some kind of weird four-way with... I mean, you cannot rape three 13-year-old girls at once. It's impossible. It's like herding cats. Uh, no, I know uh, you have daughters. Are, no, it's, I, I... I don't mean I, to be a flip about this, but it's just what flippant. I do. <laughs> it's your job to be flippant. Flippant. I mean, I, I, I'm I, happy I, that I, these girls were not damaged beyond the way they are damaged, which is severe, considerable, and and important, and they deserve to be... This guy deserves to be brought to justice. This goes without saying. Uh, if you have any info, contact NYPD Tips. I can't believe they still haven't caught this guy. Or call 1-800-577-TIPS. This goes back a few weeks. Maybe they did catch him. Who knows? Well, I mean, I, I haven't seen any update on this. Uh, when I, you know, and I had to search for the article, and it didn't come up like, oh, an arrest. But uh, you know what? Maybe they wouldn't make a big deal out of the arrest. Maybe he had an explanation. You know, the description here. It says he's okay. He describes a black male, stands five feet ten, weighs around one hundred and eighty. So that's standard. Black hair, brown eyes, speaks with a Jamaican accent, man. So yeah, maybe he went home to the motherland. CBD. (laughs) They I think this oh Springfield section in Queens. Where is the Springfield section? Uh, by Jamaica. By Jamaica, man. Yeah, said he might have gotten on a plane and went home. Or who knows? Speaks with a Jamaican accent. Uh, yeah, that's. I hope they catch him. I uh, hope. Oh boy. I hope he puts up a fight. Just what resists? You mean? Yeah. Yeah. What if he does? What if he's like, uh, I oh, can't breathe I'm, and everything? And uh, we don't want another one of those. No, we don't See, want. See, I another. don't. Can you imagine if if yeah, this would be a great martyr, wouldn't he? Yeah. Rapist of thirteen-year-old girls. People might not be able to George Floyd yeah. behind this. Yeah, this is one. Yeah, you gotta. Dwayne Gordon, did you see? You take the yellow. Say on this his one. name. <laughs> oh, never mind. <laughs> we did what? Almost nobody will champion. I mean, it doesn't even matter. Police brutality. They're like, yeah, whatever. I can't really. What are we gonna say? You raped girls, and he'll never be able to rape again. Is that it? Like, we're gonna be that? You know. Just, uh... I mean, it's not a. What are we gonna about cha- that? champion that cause as a punishment? Castration for. That's pretty fucking serious. Uh, I, th- I would say I would go as far as to say that's cruel and unusual. Definitely unusual. It's unusual. But I don't know. If I don't care cruel. about cruel for a guy like this. I I could care less. I could care. I really could care less what happens to him. I feel like I could almost do this next story by heart because uh, you know, for crying out loud, we 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 have talked about this a couple of times. It just didn't end up working out. Uh, a man was charged. Uh, now this is this is from May. We're catching you guys up. Fatally beating and sexually assaulting. Uh, I don't know if it was in that order. Sexually abusing his 65-year-old mother. I would never sexually assault a woman, not even my own mother. The 28-year-old man walked into a Queens police station and turned himself in. He just went upstairs, got his wallet and keys, said, I won't be back for dinner. <laughs> Father's Day's coming up, too. <laughs> well, at least the father's safe. I don't know if it's a, if it's a competitive family, you know. <laughs> Pushkar Sharma is his name. 
He allegedly carried out that. I, I can remember that guy's name for some reason. I can't remember the names. Pushcart. People that, yeah, Pushcart and Sharma. Like Sharman bathroom Sharma. tissue. Don't squeeze the Sharma. Bathroom tissue. Remember that commercial? Yeah. Who calls Mr. it Whipple? bathroom tissue? That's what they call it on the television commercials. Sharman bathroom, bathroom tissue. tissue. Yeah. I think it says it on the thing, too. I think it says bathroom tissue. Is that, was that real? Toilet yeah. paper sounds, uh, I guess, a little bit less, uh, you know, pleasant, but bathroom High tissue. High class. It's toilet tissue. Mm. Anus wipe. <laughs> Carried out the uh, deadly attack in his home in Jamaica, a middle-class neighborhood in the borough. <laughs> Jamaica, middle class. Around, uh, we have... This very a- residential. Jamaica is a very residential. There are, uh, you know... Bus stations. Large, large buildings, projects, but... For the most part, it, Jamaica can be is a very residential, one family, two family homes. Mm-hmm. Uh, very yeah. nice, you know, working class community. I I always heard it was dangerous for some it reason. It is dangerous, yeah. All those working people, you get them in one place. But I mean, yeah, you know, it, it's like any neighborhood. If you have an element come in of criminals, your neighborhood becomes dangerous. You can be uh, mm. have a nice house and work a great job and make and, and make money. And you say, well, how did I get here? And how did I get here? (laughs) This is not my beautiful house. But if you have a... These are not my (laughs) 13-year-old daughter's friends. (laughs) Sorry, you were making a point. If you you, you can have all those nice things. Anywhere a criminal element moves in, that's it. You're going to have problems. How can you tell? Oh, the crime goes... (laughs) Yeah, crime goes up and... Why why did my house get burned down? Why did, you know... An arsonist moved in. Where's my car? Uh, dude, where is my car? Sharma, Sharma reportedly had blood on his clothing when he showed up at the 105th precinct. I knew it was on her 5th. Yes, I called that. Uh, shortly after 8.30 a.m. Saturday, he told officers he had killed his mother. Around the same time, emergency medical service workers were trying to save the life of 65-year-old Siraj Sharma. I don't know what this was about. The victim's daughter, per the NYPD, had called 911 after finding her mother unconscious in the basement of their home. Uh... Siraj reportedly had uh, bruising to her face and neck. She was taken to Long Island Jewish Medical Center, where she was pronounced dead. You're dead. Sharma has been accused of uh, grabbing his mother from behind, choking and punching her until she fell to the ground. Sharma allegedly continued the attack, strangling and punching his mother. I mean, he's been accused of it because that's what he told him he did. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) there were no witnesses. Uh, Sharma allegedly continued the attack, strangling and punching his mother. Why would you throw... And then I kind of fingered her a little bit or whatever. Uh, Allegedly uh, sexually assaulted her, continued to strangle her after she lost consciousness. Now, we know exactly what he said. I would love to hear whatever he... Precisely, how did he describe what he did? He didn't say, then I sexually assaulted her. And if he did, they would go, what do you mean? I I, would have just left it out. I think he... Roll, roll the dice. And he's like, I, yeah, right. Maybe <laughs> like they won't roll. notice. If they don't do an autopsy, listen, I, I strangled her. I just strangled her. That's it. I'll tell you what I didn't do. <laughs> uh, I mean, if wh- I love my mother, would I do that? Would a man who strangles his mother the day before Mother's Day sexually assault his own mother? What cool. kind of animal do you think I am, What sir? do you think I am? I might be. I might be violent, but I'm certainly no pervert. Yeah, they, another... Kook. He's a cuckoo bird. Kook. He retrieved his wallet. He's walked to the police. Kook. He confessed the yeah. murder. That, that's the craziest thing he did. When you do things like that, that is, he, he had intent to, to kill mom and was just like, all right, I'm ready to 
pay the uh, price for it. Pay yeah. the piper. That's what Let's I'm get trying it over to do. With. Yeah. I'm you know not, what? She's look, out of my life forever. Not even denying I'm it. I'm done. Hated her so yeah. much, but one more little. I wonder if she molested him. If she did, then yeah, we maybe, would yeah, be. Who knows? Then yeah, who, how we change our mind about the whole an, thing? Yeah, is there an abuse angle from her side? Maybe she overmothered him. Yeah. Maybe she operated his Twitter. Uh, if if I was a DA in in any, by the way, did everything happen in Queens? Except it was one thing in the Bronx. The rest is in Queens. Yeah. Uh, what, this is Melinda Katz, uh, the uh, Queens DA. She goes, uh, "What should have been a celebration of Mother's Day became a brutal, tragic nightmare for our Queens family." You just have to think of new ways of saying that all the time. I guess. I mean, there's somebody who writes that shit. I guess. Uh, yeah, I'm sure she's got a group of writers that said, how do we make today tragic? Yes. How do we... Get up this thesaurus and figure out mm. another word for tragic. Yeah, a lot of that. A lot, a lot of, of synonym yeah. for tragic. Sharma uh, has been charged with two counts. Murder in the second degree, sexual abuse in the first degree. Murder in the second degree is a class A1 felony crime that carries a maximum sentence of life imprisonment, also known as intentional murder in the New York City Penal Code. Why? This is a very detailed article here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recommend this website here. It is a meow.com. <laughs> it's M-E-A-W-W.com. That's a trusted name in news, meow.com. Uh, so, like I said... Uh, All the pussy that's fit to print. <laughs> It was it was always holiday time for some reason. Thanksgiving and Christmas were always like the big ones. Think of what it would be without the holidays. I think I think that might be part of it too because people get depressed around certain yeah, times of year. Let's let's get old. All right, people you might not see all year long, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and you don't see them because you don't particularly like them. Probably. Start out with that. Um, You're related to them, so they drive related, you crazy. And they particular show way. up. Uh, people who have married in, who are budding in, yeah. have nothing to do with you. Throw in some old grudges. Throw in money issues. And then throw in a shitload of booze. <laughs> and there you have it. And yet none of this had anything to do with that. Just him and his mom all by yeah, themselves. This, this looks like it was a slow boil. Yeah. I mean, I, I wonder if the guy has been mentally ill in the past. I have not seen yeah, anything to that effect. I think, yeah, because we've done this story like three times on those <laughs> horrible episodes you were talking about. Oh, and my they were goodness. All thrown out. Yeah, that all sound weird. But, yeah, I don't think any of them had any history with this kid of uh, mental illness. Uh, but, uh, you know, one, one podcast where you guys keep it middle of the road for the most part is The Crack House. And if this show uh, feels like it gets too, I don't know, edgy, political, whatever the fuck... Uh, I, I just, I've, I've always just said whatever the fuck I want. So I don't, when people like have a problem with me being political, I'm like, I don't know. I just fucking say what the fuck I want. Uh, and uh, just, we're still talking about crimes here. Quite a few of them, in fact. Uh, this episode was crime heavy. Um, so uh, Crack House Podcast, very good with Mike and Musky. Musky, Musky. What's his name? Chris Muscolino. Chris Muscolino. Uh, I, I, I like that guy. I like the way he, I like the way he talks about shit. I, th- I think that he and I, I feel like, are on the damn side. Yeah. You're always trying to steer both of us, trying a little bit more mm-hmm. towards the center. I understand. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. <laughs> That's right. Thank you for being here, Michael O'Sullivan. Thank you, Pat. Thank you for listening to New York City Crime Report.
This man called me booty. <laughs> After the <demon> <laughs>